Hello and welcome back to HCS Weekly, your destination for all things HCS. I'm your host, Shyway, and guys, you already know what's up. You saw that 15-minute montage, but today's episode is going to be legendary. I'm so happy to have this man on stream. Snipedown is an amazing player and an icon in the Halo community, as you know, so it's going to be so exciting. But one disclaimer beforehand, know that this interview is pre-recorded. I talked about this last week on last episode that we had some technical difficulties with the interview, so the first half of the interview is pre-recorded from last week. The second half of the interview is pre-recorded from earlier today. And honestly, coming off of that interview just an hour ago, I got to say it was so much fun. I'm excited. I can't wait for you guys to enjoy this. So there won't be a live chat answer, like question and answer, but I will, I'll be in the live chat, guys. You can talk to me instead, but enjoy. It's going to be a great time. Real quick though, because it is the HCS Weekly, we might as well go over some HCS news as well. And Tony, I know you got a graphic for the qualifying teams for HCS Atlanta. You guys know HCS Atlanta is coming up in uh in november 16 to 18 so we are getting so close down to the wire the last big halo event let's run through these teams as well we got tox splice reciprocity renegades accelerate elevate trifecta mentality straight ripping ltn shock the world and down under these are your 12 qualified teams of course this is an open bracket as well so anybody can join and have a shot at victory tony throw back up one more time i want to highlight straight ripping the first european straight ripping team look at that roster We've got Respectful, Moe's, Kimbo, and Snipe Drone. That's pretty exciting. I'm hoping these guys play you know, play big. They go hard. There's another graphic right there looking awesome. So exciting to see Straight Rippin playing from a European squad this time around as well. I hope there's some upsets. Of course, we've got a lot going on in Halo and with Call of Duty and people shifting their focus around. So there could be a lot of upset potential this time around. And of course, there's the 2v2 happening as well. If you're a fan of Classic Halo, you get your dose of Classic Halo at Atlanta. Also, and some big teams announced, just two of them are actually Ghost Ayami, Captain Anarchy, and Roy, and Flame Sword. So those are some pretty awesome teams to look forward to, some of your some of the awesome personalities in Halo. But let's get right into this interview. Without further ado, there's a lot we're going to cover today. I'm excited to bring to you Snipedown. Snipedown, how's it going, man? Honestly, I need to say two, two thank yous, okay? The first thank you is just thank you for being on the show. You're honestly like you're an icon and competitive Halo. And the second thank you is thank you like on behalf of thousands of people in the Halo community that you personally inspired to even get into Halo in the first place. Like that straight ripping montage that I watched nine years ago was the reason why I got into Halo. It was like one of the coolest, it still is one of the coolest videos on the internet. So honestly, man, like your gameplay is inspiring. Thank you for being a part of this and a part of hcs weekly hope you're doing well man how's it going how's your day going yeah day's going well um yeah thank you for the kind words honestly it really is cool to hear things like that you know i've been hearing it for years now and just even still hear that today after after so long of uh being in the scene it still means a lot to me so i appreciate it i'm happy to be here i'm happy to have you man and I want to go. I want to go all the way back because you got one hell of a career here. You got ten years in competitive Halo, which is is pretty unreal. You started in two thousand and eight. Your career goes ten years back, so you have one of the longest. Even now, you're one of the longest standing pros in competitive Halo, and you're still playing on the top of your game. So, how did it all begin? Even with gaming, like how did you get into gaming? How did you discover Halo? Yeah. Uh. Well, I suppose I kind of got dragged into it by some middle school and high school buddies. Um, started back in like 2002 is when it really all began I had a bunch of friends and halo was like the cool game the cool kid game at the time and i didn't even own an xbox or anything it just got kind of uh, recruited because they needed extra people to fill up their um basement lands because my friend uh his name is grant chapman always had like eight to 16 people over at his house after school days to just come over and he was the 
engineer that would just get everyone together and you'd have chords all over the place. And it was just kind of like, all right, I picked up the controller and apparently I was a natural and Grant and the rest of his friends, because they were the best kids in the school at the time, basically forced my parents to buy me an Xbox because I was really good at the start. And they were just like, you need to play, you need to come over more often. And it just kind of became a a common thing. Uh, Pretty much every week I was going over to their house and playing some Halo 1. Yeah, there's always that one guy who is doing the basement lands, who puts together these like, massive basement lands. From everybody else that I interview, it's always like, yeah, we would play lands. Like the, the history of competitive Halo was always so sick. Like even for me as a kid in Halo 2, playing in basement land type events. But right. are you saying that you did you not have gaming experience coming into Halo? Like how old were you when you first discovered it? And is this like your first time on a gamepad or did you play like other games? Well, I mean, I played a lot of uh, 007. Goldeneye, and that was basically the only game that I had played a lot of other than, you know, like Super Smash Brothers, but in terms of shooting games or FPS, anything like that, no, that, that was the first game that I really played and got into, and Goldeneye was all messed up in terms of controls. I mean, that, that game, I just yeah. played the campaign. I never really played multiplayer or anything like that, but yeah, Halo was um, the first FPS I really got into, and I always enjoyed Goldeneye. I was actually really solid at that game as well. I remember like the Boys and Girls Club of America and playing with kids that are like four or five years older than me and beating them all and they were all freaking out because I'm the young kid and it makes no sense and it's like an alpha of the other building so um, I just really always enjoyed those style of games the most. Damn, that's unreal. So you just kind of picked it up with Halo. You just had a knack for it to the point where your friends, because usually it's like, okay, I got to get an Xbox. But your friends are like, all right, we got to get this guy an Xbox. He's this good. Um, so then you discover Halo. Right, it's awesome. You start grinding, and you go to your first event, which is MLG Meadowlands 2008. And you play seventh, which is unreal. And not only that, your next event after that, you're teaming with Roy and Lunch. You play second. The next event after that, you place first, and then you place first again. So what happened? Like, how do you you manage a feat like this? Is this a surprise for you? Was there something like some sort of an experience that you had before these events that let you know that it was going to go this well? Or yeah, so let me know. <laughs> Yeah, the first uh, year of my competitive career was definitely a wild ride. Um, I had been to a ton of locals before that, and I had teamed with semi-good players. Um, Never really anything too crazy, but the locals kind of got me a little more uh, experience to be out in the field instead of just sitting in my basement and competing online. But, I mean, to be honest, I had been playing uh, Halo 2 all the time against top players, and I I think the first few times I was playing against top professionals in Halo 2, I I was nervous playing against them. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going against the best players. And after that, when I started getting comfortable, because I started getting invited to really good lobbies and Halo 2, you know, high rank, that's pretty much all you match was top pro players and the, you know, team hardcore players. And I think I got a lot of those nerves out during that time frame. So when I finally was able to compete in Halo 3 and went to my first tournament, I was just more so excited and ready to compete with the big man. I actually didn't end up playing on main stage at Meadowlands where I got this. But, you know, overall, um, just felt very comfortable had a lot of teammates who were my friends and it made it easy because we had all talked about you know teaming together even in Halo 2 it just never ended up working out and then um, seventh place my first event I remember I almost stayed on that team after the event and when Instinct asked me if I wanted to join and they were you know Eli and Gunshot were both just like no you need to go like it, it was a, it was a good friend wow. type of thing to do yeah um, I was definitely surprised at how quickly things escalated in terms of my career, but I always felt like I was a top player dating all the way back to Halo 2 when I really first started getting invited to pro lobbies. And I remember the first time I outperformed a ton of professionals at the time, and I remember Strongside added me to his friends list and messaged me. And it was just like, 
he's like, he dismissed me and said I was really good. And that just obviously made my day at the time because these are players that I was looking up to. And, you know, I, I started getting into better lobbies at the time and started competing against these top players. And at first I was extremely nervous playing against these, you know, top professionals. But over time, when I started playing with them more often, it just became more comfortable. And, you know, you get better with the better people you play against. So it just kind of got to the point where I was competing at a top level with these players and felt like I was outperforming a lot of them at the time. And, you know, I never went to any Halo 2 tournaments, but by the time Halo 3 events finally came around, I was about as stoked as I could possibly be getting to team with players in Halo 2 that I had wanted to. Um, Eli and Gunshot specifically were two players that I had played with a lot back in Halo 2, and they had good experience at the time. Um, I had become friends with them, and, you know, they, they were also players that, you know, helped me get into these lobbies as well. Yeah. And so when the first event comes around, uh, my, my team was Ambush. We ended up getting seventh place. It was me, Eli, Gunshot, and Silent. And I remember after the tournament, you know, I got a lot of recognition at that tournament because I had always been considered like the online warrior, et cetera, et cetera, in Halo 2. And to go to my first tournament and get a high placing, you know, I had a lot of eyes on me. And I remember Instinct, um, they lost Victory X. And I had gone to a local with Elamite Warrior, uh, Puss in Boots, who was another player that had, you know, even preached to my parents to try and help me get to these tournaments because my parents weren't very on board with it either. And really, uh, yeah, he, um, you know, he was super helpful and, you know, he came over and met my parents and specifically was like, your son's got something here and you should really let him go to these tournaments. He was a bit older. He was like three years older than me. And, you know, he basically told my parents, like, he'll, he'll drive with me. He'll fly with me. He'll basically be like my chaperone almost to um, help my parents be more comfortable with the whole situation. And, you know, it really, it really did help. Um, I don't think my parents would have let me go had they not, you know, felt comfortable with the people that I was going with because they were very new to the whole situation. And, you know, I get picked up on instinct um, because at this local, I remember even my warrior specifically after the tournament was over, had told Puss in Boots or Justin at the time that if anything ever happened to straight ripping, that I'd be the first person that they'd pick up, which was uh, really cool. And yeah. uh, I'd only been to one tournament. So to hear something like that from someone as good as Elamite who had been, you know, competing and had won tournaments was incredible. And, you know, I remember after Instinct had uh, lost victory, Elamite went specifically to Macchio and said, you need to pick up Snipe Down. Like, you're basically an idiot if you don't. And it was between me and Hokum, who was also a top, you know, I was a pro name at the time. And for them to pick up a, a no name at the time in Halo 2 when pro points were everything and, you know, having right. a title was very important at the time um it was a it was a risk for them and you know it paid off we got second place it was i think everyone on the team's best placing uh although after the tournament i got dropped about five minutes before the deadline and you know i got picked up by chiggers down they were basically forced to pick me up we end up you know um being a very skilled roster it was me fear itself hysteria and sk and we ended up winning the tournament the next tournament in orlando little for me to end up leaving the team after that because of internal issues and there were talks of me getting dropped again. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know if I was just like not a good teammate internally or something or what it was, but apparently yeah. all these teams wanted to drop me. But um, yeah, so uh, I ended up joining Straight Rippin. There was an opening on their team. They were left for Final Boss. And, you know, I just ended up, uh, I ended up teaming with Straight Rippin for the next two years, I believe. But it was uh, definitely interesting being on four separate teams in my first four tournaments um, when I started my career. Yeah, dude, that's unreal. I mean, I, I would only think, like, it's it's almost, like, threatening in a way, too. Because how old were you? Was it, like, 15, 16 at the time? I had just turned 17, I think, at my very first tournament. I'm pretty sure my birthday was, like, a week before the tournament. So started a little later, I suppose, I was because I was never able to go to Halo 2 tournaments. I was supposed to go to a Halo 2 tournament, but my ride, 
who had promised he was going to pick me up bailed on me the day before uh-huh. the tournament, so I had no way of getting there. Yeah, but you were no stranger to grinding up until that point. So it was Halo 2 was the game that you really kind of like broke out and built the connections. Was it, you said Team Hardcore was like the playlist? Was, was oh, the yeah. one that like struck? Um, yeah. Was that the biggest playlist? Yeah, Halo you? 2, the ranking system, the ranking system in Halo 2 was just so difficult. I mean, there were cheaters, modders nonstop, and for you to be right, able to right. get a high rank in that game, you know, you, you could get as high as you want and then lose one game and you're back to the beginning of that, of that level. So you had to win a lot of games to level up. And once you get to a certain rank, uh, you're basically just matching the top players nonstop at that point. So I developed a right. bit of a reputation of being an online warrior. <laughs> I remember yeah. specifically in a midship King of the Hill game, it was like a 3v3 and I had host uh, and I was just pink three all game against like Shockwave, Gandhi and one other player, maybe Ghost. And I went like uh-huh. 52 and... 14 or something and i just remember shockwave just sending me just sending yeah. me hate messages like hardcore yeah. hate messages after that and i'm just laughing the whole time and he's just saying things like you can't talk to me whenever you have more pro points he's like when you have more pro points than me you can talk to me and i remember like a year yeah. later at the at, after like my first two or three halo three tournaments i had more pro points than him and i brought it up to him and he hated me for like the entire first year of Halo 3 until we started like actually becoming cool. But it was just one of those gotcha moments. Yeah, man, Mick was saying something like that too, where it's like, you know, when, you run the, when you're on the come up in Halo, especially online, you start beating top players, like they will send you all the hate messages. Like they, they don't want you to, you know, have that opportunity to seem like you're oh, going to yeah. take over. Like, you know, especially with a competitive game like Halo. But I guess, you know, you were the online warrior. Everybody was like, what can Snipedown do? And you come out, you play seventh in your first event. Like this year was a roller coaster, man. So let's fast forward a bit uh, to 2014 now. You're on Evil Geniuses. And this was your biggest, most dominant roster that I think you've been with uh, as far as first place finishes. Because throughout the entirety of H2A, you won almost every single tournament with EG. And then um, Halo 5 kicks off. Things are still looking promising with EG. And then Lethal leaves the squad. He moves over to CLG. So at the time, the broadcasters were saying there was like a rivalry that was being developed between you and Lethal. What I want to know is, is this true? Is this something that was like fabricated, like, but, you know, by the internet? And and is there a rivalry between you and Neighbor, like back in the day as well? Because both of these co- guys called you out and you shut down both of these guys. And there's actually a video that we can show. Um, let's actually roll the video. We're going to react to it first. And then I want to ask you this right question. Right now, I'm seeing that smile out of you. Now to keep smiling, what when, are you going to have to do to final you know, boss? Who do you need to shut wow. down? Uh, I guess we're going to shut down neighbor. We're going to shut them all down. So we'll just keep doing that. Anyway. And of course, snipe down. How are you going to do that? How are you going to shut down neighbor? He is absolutely on fire right now. I mean, we're just going to take him out of the game. We're all going to be playing our best, and our best is better than their best. So we'll win this game. <laughs> hey neighbor, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. All right, so how's it going? How are you feeling yeah, coming into this event? Oh, I'm really nervous and scared because you know Snipe Down is like the best player, and uh, it's just it makes it really tough. Uh, it's, it's hard to focus when he's playing. He's just so sick. <laughs> A little sarcasm there from neighbor. I All right, like that. All right, neighbor. Well, what do you think about Snipe Down saying he's going to shut you down? I'm worried. I can't wait. How old are you? <laughs> neighbor, always sarcastic. You know? Now, neighbor. There's one player on EG that you feel you need to shut down. Who is that player? Probably Snipedown. He's like the best player. He's just so sick. You know, I get really worried when I see him, and, you know, it's just the stuff he does is insane. All right. Well, uh, any, any words here, Snipedown? 
I remember what happened last time that exact quote was said to me, so uh, watch your face. All right, well, I was going to, my last, Eric, there were some words exchanged before the interview, during the interview with Lethal. Tell me, I mean, Walsh, you made a few comments about how you do not, do not want to fire you up. You don't want to strike a match to gasoline. How, how fired up were you in that first series, in the first game? I told him before it started, the last person that said that to me lost the series, and they lost the series too. So uh, if you're going to talk trash, better back it up, and we took that series home. Better back it up. So are these are these real rivalries that that are that like was it just like something that like MLG was creating like they put them on the spot and the neighbors like all right I'm gonna call it snipe down or were you guys like exchanging words like outside of that or uh not really so much outside I I definitely think uh, Mason was not a fan of me at the time just because I think I was uh, new on the scene and neighbor had kind of just gotten a lot of hype and attention surrounding him for the previous, like, at the end of Halo 2 and, the, and then the beginning of Halo 3. And I think when I came into the scene, I kind of took that from him. And it might have been a little bit of, like, a lashing out of that, just kind of, like, I don't know, jealousy maybe in a sense at the same time. But um, I, that, that didn't really continue, I, I don't think, throughout Halo 3. Um, and then Mason and I are obviously we're very cool now. We hung out in Seattle not too long ago. Uh, TJ and I definitely there was some bad blood there. I you know I created a YouTube video talking about it just because Damn. I was like I, I felt we all felt super blindsided um, with the situation. You know I mean I, you could watch the YouTube video. I mean you could see how upset I am. Right. It's because of yeah. just like I don't care about the decision that was made. It's how it was done, and mm -hmm. and I don't think like calling people your friends. You don't I don't know. I, I always. Halo is a relationship, and it's like any other relationship. Or if you have issues, you talk about those issues. Otherwise, they just yeah. go on, and it just causes bigger issues. And uh, I don't think being blindsided like that three days before, you know, the biggest tournament of all of our lives is very friendly in any way whatsoever. But I mean, I always respect people doing what they think is best for them, and that's one thing that like I don't hold over him because I mean, he he did what he felt was best, and obviously it paid off for him. So you know, it's just. My opinion was a very selfish way of going about it, but that's the only way, uh, real reason there is a rivalry there is just because I was always a little upset with how things were handled in that situation. Um, I don't necessarily think that, you know, there's like a, any bad blood or like I don't dislike TJ and I know he doesn't really dislike me, but there's always that competitive uh, rivalry that we will have against each other for sure. Yeah, you want to beat each other. And I mean, it makes sense. Like you were saying, it's like a family, a, a team, right? Even back when you're talking about teaming with Hysteria, like chemistry is so important. If you don't have that chemistry, it, it doesn't even matter if you're all individually gods. Like you have to enjoy spending time with each other, enjoy playing together and all that. So the fact that he blindsided you is unfortunate, but but you pressed on. And and these rivalries, you know, these guys saying like, oh, you know, Snipe Downs, he's too good, whatever. Uh, you took that and you completely confronted that and just, you know, you use that as a weapon to, to take these guys out. So is this like, when you're placed in a situation like that, when, you know, these guys are kind of calling you out, does that give you more energy, more, you know, encouragement to to take kick, <laughs> kick their ass or what? Yeah, I think there's um, a stigma around people who talk trash uh, to me at tournaments. I've always just for a while yeah. now i remember back in i think it was either halo reach or halo 4 where ninja's team or something had talked trash to me and i ended up just tearing through them to a point where they specifically would yell at their teammates for yelling at me to get me fired up because they were like don't talk trash to eric he's like this is like it's not the wow. person you do it to um just 
I, I think that has become a thing for me. I don't know if I just get like it, it just pumps more adrenaline into me. It just makes me want to do better. But it definitely is a thing. It just gets me fired up. And, um, you know, I, I, I kind of laugh at trash talk, but it still gets me going for sure. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's all we need for Atlanta now. We just need like lethal yeah. or somebody to be like, that down sucks. And then there you go. Reciprocity yeah, right. <laughs> wins the yeah, that would be friggin' awesome. But and and that's something I want to talk about too, because you know your background in Halo Five, you have been like at the top of the heap. You've been so close to that number one position. So you didn't stick around in EG too long after the roster change. Unfortunately, you moved over to Envious, and you guys created what was like a god squad at the time with Hook, Nikoin, and Ola. And these guys were designed to destroy Optic Gaming. At one point, you did do that in uh, HCS Fall Finals 2017. You took the top spot, and then since that, Envulator broke up. You formed Reciprocity. You had a team. Around reciprocity that did break up and now you have your you know your current reciprocity roster and since it feels like you've been so close to the very heap like second place narrowly third place narrowly do you ever get tired of of you know placing those positions is your drive to be number one still stronger than ever uh what do you think yeah i mean that uh that envy roster you know we beat them two different times i believe in two best of sevens where we had to come back and uh right. take the win and it was always super intense uh, going against that team, but that Optic team still always seemed to have the advantage against us. You know, we'd beat them in two close series and then they would stomp us 4-0 at the next tournament. So um, there definitely became some internal issues on that MB roster. We ended up splitting, going separate ways, and then who ended up going back to Call of Duty. And, right, you know, ever right. since then, it's just kind of, you know, that splice roster formed, and then it's just been kind of a free-for-all and kind of figuring out what the best rosters are internally and, you know, what play styles work the best together. And right now, you know, my team is uh, very, like, we're all friends. And it's really fun to play with these guys. You know, we really enjoy playing with each other. And, you know, it helps. But um, that drive and that passion to get first place has definitely not hindered at all. You know, uh, I've I'm way too competitive of a person to ever accept anything less than first place as a success. Right. And, you know, for us specifically, you know, that's the goal all the time. And, you know, if I ever get to that point where it's okay to place anything but first, I'm done. Like, it's just, I, I, I'm not playing for the right reasons anymore and I'll pursue something else in my career. So, um, yeah. yeah, that passion is still there and it's been there for, you know, the entirety of my gaming career. And even before that, when I was just playing in, you know, interme or, uh, intramural sports. Yeah, honestly, man, your passion, I, like, I definitely see it, too. Like, you've been grinding harder than anybody, it seems. Like, you're you're still streaming as well, which is amazing. Thank you so much for continuing to contribute to the community, especially on Twitch. Things are, you know, a little bit rough now on Halo Twitch, but you're still streaming, you're still grinding, you're scrimming. Are you even playing Black Ops 4 at all? Have you even touched it at all? Or, or like, you 100% focus on Halo still? Have you even messed yeah, so, it? um I've, I casually play like Fortnite and I play Blackout on yeah. Black Ops, but I don't, I haven't touched the multiplayer. I think I played one game of the multiplayer, got rocketed on spawn and quit out. And uh, <laughs> I decided I was just like, you know, I'm just going to stick with the Battle Royale and focus mainly on this uh, last Halo 5 tournament. And, you know, that's where I've been putting most of my time and effort into. And, you know, there's one event left. So I'm going to do whatever I can to win that final tournament. And I'd love to go out at the you know final h5 event and be like yeah my team is the best so it'd be really it'd be really cool to have that um you know yeah. notch i guess right there to go out as on top and you know i haven't really put any thought into competing in any other games you know i mean i'm at that point now where it's kind of you know we're going to see what's next with halo we've heard a little bit maybe with mcc maybe some halo 3 tournaments yeah. which would be you know it'd be cool to play in those but that's not necessarily something i'm gonna you know really rely on and put 120% effort into because who knows how those right. trends are going to be, you know, prize right. pools, et cetera. But um, 
I think it'll still be really cool to see what is to come. And, you know, right now my main focus is definitely just uh, closing out this final H5 tournament in Atlanta. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like a lot riding on that final event. And is there anything that you think gives like your team reciprocity an edge over the competition coming into this last event? I know you guys said you were all really close. Yeah, I mean, I think just the one thing that really gives us an edge is that we all still have that, you know, fire. You know, a lot of these teams, you know, Splice, a lot of them are playing Call of Duty, really focusing on this tournament they haven't played. I don't even think they've scrimmed in the last two tournaments. Um, yeah. We saw them lose the last event, which is, you know, the first time that's happened in, you know, four events. Um, you know, Tox isn't playing as much. I mean, that just comes along with the fact that, you know, a lot of teams aren't playing right now. It really seems like us and Tox are the only two teams that are consistently playing and trying to find, you know, practice as often as possible. So I really do think this last event is going to be the closest one yet. And it's just going to be yeah. really cool to see what ends up happening. And um, I'm really hoping that there's going to, have to be some great matches, some upsets, and it's going to be um, possibly reinvigorate a little bit of the competitive life, hopefully leading into some more yeah. future tournaments. Yeah, that would be awesome. And and I definitely see that as well. Like, I think, yeah, Splice has their split focus. Other teams are falling apart. Like, Trifecta had the roster, you know, issue recently and Elevate, like, recently formed. So you have a lot of teams kind of, like, just jumping together last minute. But Reciprocity has stayed strong. You guys have been grinding. You've been scrimming. Honestly, I, I really think you guys got a shot at taking this. I'm so excited to see what's going to happen because of everything that's going on with Call of Duty. I feel like you're right. Like, we're going to get – we could get upsets. We could get insane, like, Game 5 situations. Um so yeah, so we're at that point now, dude. We're at the end of Halo 5. And and now we're kind of like looking on into the future and trying to figure out what's going to happen next. But what do you think about Halo 5, you know, looking back on it in the past three years uh, in comparison to other Halos? Um, I know that recently you had a tweet. We'll show that in a second. But for now, what do you think of Halo 5? Um, you know, I think Halo 5 is, is going to go down as the Halo that had the most potential to be one of uh -huh. the best competitive Halos, but wasn't. Um, I think the game is honestly really good at its core, but there were so many coding issues and underlying issues. You know, I was thrusting into walls to get sticky grenades off me. My nades and rockets were being shot into maps. My melees were stopping short. Just so many things. Bullets just right. phasing through people constantly. Just a lot of things that yeah. took away from the competitive aspect of what made halo great and then you know you add all these abilities like what there's like eight different abilities you can use to get away from someone now and it's just like that's yeah. too much and you talk about you know they wanted to implement this new casual style to the game where you have plasma weapons that don't even that don't just take your shields down fast but kill you fast which has never been a thing yeah. for any plasma weapon ever in any yeah. halo so that blew my mind and then you add all these abilities which increase the skill gap to like a an insane high level so it's like mm -hmm. okay you're adding weapons to please the casual community but you add all these insane abilities that increase the skill gap so it doesn't matter what these casuals pick up the better player is just still going to outskill and it just created this huge gap in yeah the community it, it, i think it created an even bigger gap in the competitive and casual community because of this extreme abilities that they added you know halo 3 mm -hmm. it's like everyone loved that game because it was simple like adding more and making things more complicated doesn't mean it's make, it doesn't make anything better. It, it's it really, right. I think games need to be simple and I think they need to be appealing in that aspect. And I think, you know, um, Halo 5 had a lot of options, a lot of options that could have been tweaked. You know, there were two world championships with radar and ARs. And I think that yeah. really was yeah. an, an issue. And ARs um, thing. like I said, the yeah. potential was there with this game. And at the end of Halo 5, I think we have a good game. I think, 
combine these other abilities. You know, the radar is better. It's an improvement. Still not a fan of radar at all in general. I just yeah. don't agree with the awareness factor of being a professional needing to have something like a handicap to help you out. You know, right. that's the whole point of being a professional. It's like you have that awareness. Your positioning is supposed to be all natural, not influenced by a handicap that tells you where people are at. You know, and uh, I really just, like I said, I just feel like it's going to go down as the halo with the most potential that ended up being one of the weaker competitive titles because of everything else that was added. And we're back one week later, of course, as I said in the beginning, guys, we had a couple technical difficulties last week running this interview. Snipe down, thank you so much. You were nice enough to come back and be flexible. And just to pick up right where we left off, you were talking about your opinion on Halo 5. The fact that Halo 5 was kind of like this game with tons of potential that didn't really realize that potential. It had so many abilities. It had a bunch of problems that need to be fixed. We had two years worth of tournaments with radar and ARs and, and a lot of other issues and even issues that you're still experiencing today. So let's just kind of like run back over a little bit of that again so what what do you think halo 5 tons of potential didn't really kind of follow through yeah i mean halo 5 just has all these customizable options you know we were given all these possibilities to tweak the settings and it just kind of felt like we never really went through that phase of tweaking settings appropriately competitively you know halo 3 at the start you think about it and it had bubble shields and energy drainers and all these like shield responders and like that was minimal extras of the game and those were taken out right away because they were just deemed uncompetitive and that was something that you know had really good feedback that's why we got our own playlist and it had a ton of support behind it but um halo 5 came out and out of the box it was basically told to us right away that you know we're trying to make this as casual as possible you know we had radar um ars and you know two world championships with radar and ars and uh the most money ever thrown into halo and it was just like all right we have these new settings and I understand they want to get everyone involved, but there are just tons of glitches in the game. We had heavy aim that, you know, we were basically told we're crazy to think that there is heavy aim in the game only to then realize yeah. about two years later that, oh, this is a thing. Um, yeah. That everyone in the everyone is just like head casing constantly over this. And that's just something right away that just causes issues on the, you know, competitive level. Um, a lot yeah. of, I guess, <laughs> mental, annoyances in a sense then you have things like you know thrusting into walls to get plasma grenades off of you um right, right. ground pounds and spartan charges that are just these ab abilities that are just um manipulated very easily and it just felt like the game wasn't as competitively used you know we had we had a one of, one of the biggest things that i i disliked was the fact that we had storm rifles and stuff like these plasma weapons yeah. that in every other halo was great to get shields off you know plasma pistol has always been like an iconic weapon you know new combo back in halo yeah. 2 but this weapon was only to get your shields off. You couldn't kill someone with it. It was impossible. It was like impossible to kill someone with it. Then you have a storm yeah, rifle that not only melts your shields instantly, you die like almost as soon as your shields are gone. And there's like headshot multipliers, etc. And then you have like a brute yeah. plasma rifle that takes three shots <laughs> and it shoots as fast yeah. as possible. Three shots and you melee someone and they're dead. It, or or yeah. or it was even like two shots in a melee, but three shots got your shields off. It was just. Uh, unusual things added to the game. It just made kill times really fast, and it just felt like, you know, the game had all this potential to become an extremely good competitive title, and it just wasn't... Um, it, the game wasn't changed the way that it could have been, and I feel like it, it really will go down as a game with a ton of potential, because honestly, it's a, it's a really fun game. Um, I do enjoy playing Halo 5, just because... Not, not because everyone's like, knocks on it all the time. The game is good at its core, but I just feel like it could have been way better. 
Yeah, yeah. You made a great point about the fact that like they they tried to appeal with casuals, especially with the weapons and the abilities like like Spartan Charge, Ground Pound that they added into the game. But then at the same time, a lot of these abilities also heightened the skill gap as well. It made the game very yeah, very competitive too. So it was confusing because it's like they throw in these weapons and you know they allow you to mow people down, but because of the abilities, the better players are still going to be the better players. They're going to wreck these guys regardless of what weapons they have. So really, all they're doing is creating these huge competitive imbalances that just aren't fun. And and the fact that they couldn't respond quickly enough—that's the frustrating thing. Like you said, Halo Three—they yeah, they had the bubble shields, they had the equipment, they respond quickly. The the entire competitive scene happened without it, which is great. But Halo Five, two years with a ours it's unacceptable right so and it's understandable yeah. that you know the community kind of started to deteriorate in some ways but it sucks because i agree man i think that at the core halo 5 is actually a really mechanically solid game it feels great to play it has a lot of depth a lot of competitive elements that are really exciting and, and deserve that recognition so finally we're at this point where we've leaned it out and and it's like it's more like a lean, ruthless, competitive version of the game at this point, with just magnums off the start. You have no more autos. It, it feels like the best it's ever been, but now it's it's over basically. So yeah, and so, it's like a, it's almost as if it's like a, li- a too little, too late type of situation. Um, we kind of saw that with Halo Reach, where you know Halo Reach had Bloom and all these um, new mechanics that have not been a thing. Um, sprint and bloom and at the end and in the tournament like numbers had declined throughout the entirety of halo reach yeah. and then they finally change yeah. it to where it's no bloom no sprint and all of a sudden yeah. everybody comes back because it's like this is what we wanted this is what we know this is halo and uh you know you think about halo 5 and it's like what you talked about you give pro players let's see i, I almost just want to like count it out you have like sprint spartan charge ground pound slide like clamber Thrust. stabilize okay. Thrust, that's seven right there. And then you add spring jump. That's eight abilities basically right there that allow top competitors and top caliber players to abuse and manipulate at a higher level than these casuals. So that gap just goes just like we were talking about. So, I mean, it's like, okay, yes, we can appeal to casuals. But when these casuals play better players, they're so much worse that it's almost as if, like, they never want to play that place again because they're thinking – I can't compete with this and I never will be able to. And it's like Halo 3, it's like you spawn and no matter what, your Spartan is the same as every other, every other Spartan on the map. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing that any other, and like, it's, it's about shooting your weapon and positioning. And, you know, those are two things that I've always been a huge advocate about is positioning. And now they add a radar to the game where one of the most important skills of being a pro player is your awareness and positioning. And now I can manipulate a little thing on my screen that tells me where the enemies are at to a point where it's like, I don't have to have as much awareness as I should as a professional. And it just like, I don't need a handicap, you know, like that's what I've owned for 10 years. why, Why am I given a handicap in a game that, you know, to be a professional, you should have on your own. Yeah, no, you made a great point about the radar, and I still think to this day it would be interesting to see how the game played without it. Even though it is really fast-paced, you have a lot of abilities, players kind of flying around, you're right, though. The top-level players, they have the awareness. They don't really need to look at that radar anymore. They know how the map flows, where players are on the map, where their teammates are. Even the radar, it has the markers for your teammates as well, right? So there's so many mm-hmm. little handicaps that you gain from it. So I, I do think that it would be nice to see what it would be like if it was even leaner in that aspect. They removed that radar as well. But now that they have kind of cut out these abilities like Spark and charge crown pound do you think that thrust and slide have a place in competitive halo in the future of halo how much do you think they would need to like retract from it going into halo infinite because it is still a very high skill floor though i enjoy it a lot like once you master it it's a lot of fun but 
But yeah, you want people no, to be able absolutely. to jump in quickly. Yeah. No, I, I think that there's a good balance between the two, you know, extremes. You know, we went from having no abilities to all of a sudden having 10. And it, it's like there's a balance there that can be utilized because I do think games like, you know, Halo 2 and Halo 3 would necessarily be stale in our current gaming, like, market. Um, I do think it needs a, a little – yeah, there, there needs to be a little extra. So I've always said, you know – I think Clamber is unnecessary. I think it is an out for poor movement. Um, I think if you miss your jump, you should fall off the map, just like on Lockout and Halo 2. It's like these are jumps that are, you know, they're big jumps to make. And you, if you make it, you're making a play. If you miss it, then, you know, you're failing. And there's that risk. But now it's just like, oh, I missed my jump. Let me just clamber up here. It's like, okay, yes, I understand Spartans probably should be able to do this based off of, like, strength, et cetera. But, you know, whatever. Um, but I think Thrust is a great mechanic. Um, I think stabilize is cool. It allows for some cool angles, and you know I, I don't think I don't think sprint is necessary. I think a faster movement speed might be a good alternative, just to yeah. kind of balance that out as well. Um, but you know I, I don't want to see Spartan charge. I don't want to see ground pound. I don't want to see these of course not yeah. these like I don't know, gifable and memeable like clips. That are basically what they're there for. I feel like it's just like, oh yeah, watch this yeah. like ground pound something. It's like okay, all right. I mean, it works well but, for the um, whole Warzone type thing, but like yeah, from the yeah. competitive community, it needs to be lean from the get go. Like I understand from like a mass appeal perspective why they have stuff like that. Like it looks badass if you play the game casually, but it just doesn't yeah. doesn't work at a competitive level well. Yeah, yeah that's why I just think you, competitively, you it, it just needs to be tweaked. Like things, settings just yeah. need to be tweaked quickly to yeah. allow for that. And it's like okay, this stuff can be in other playlists. Yeah, yeah. The clamber is interesting, though, because I, I, I get what you're saying. I completely agree about the risk versus reward factor of trying to make a jump with a crouch jump. You miss that jump, you die, and you deserve that death, that death, that punishment. And I mean, in Halo 5, that was even exacerbated by the fact that you had the stabilize and the ground pound. If you miss the ledge, mm -hmm. you stabilize, you ground pound, you could stay out there for a hot like five, six seconds yeah. before you choose to thrust back on. Um, but I love the clamber still because I, and I have a whole video that's coming out today about it where you can drop back off a ledge, clamber back up immediately, and it creates this awesome like fake out mechanic where people are challenging See, back when they're not expecting the challenge. And that takes yeah. a lot of skill to implement. So it's like by removing yes. clamber, you remove that sick aspect of the game too. So it's hard for me to part with it now that, now that I noticed that, you know? I, I was actually having the argument with my team about um, kind, of, kind of clamber and what it is. And just... With Halo 5, the clamber is so glitched in the game. And this is just something that needs to be smoothed out. If it is in the game, and it's something that, like, I'm not... I think if, if there was one thing that I would take from Halo 5 to bring into the next game, it would be Thrust. Because I still think, like, mm -hmm. if especially it if it's another single if, if it's another single shot game, you need, a, yeah. you need a movement. Because everyone would be fighting everyone in Halo 5 if there was no mechanics like that. It would just be constant five shots and... You know, it'd be a lot different. But clambering in Halo 5 is so messed up. You clamber, and if you, like, move it all, your your Spartan does a full 360, and it, <laughs> it makes it look so weird. Like, you can find clips. It's super janked. It's super yeah, janked up. Yeah. Like, I clamber, all of a sudden my Spartan does this, like, twirl, and yeah. it messes up yeah. hitboxes. It messes up a ton of stuff. And I watch, yeah. especially in a single-shot game, where someone's like Shotzi's doing this clamber, 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 and I'm shooting and I'm just watching yeah. my bullets go straight through him because <laughs> whatever the coding was there, it was messed up. And yeah. you know, yeah. I even said yeah. something like, and it's and it's even worse because as they clamber, they can shoot each time, so they can get a single shot off and it yeah. hits for them, but my shots go through yeah. them. So I said honestly, yeah. like 
I think if Halo 5 already had a three-year lifespan, then every single year should have been so much different in terms of what the settings were. You know, year one, we had radar and ARs. Next year, we should have removed all of that, had no, had maybe the ability tracker radar, and then the third year, no radar. And then multiple different weapon tweaks along these three different sections to kind of keep it like, okay, let's mess with all this stuff and see what really yeah. happens with these pro teams, see what changes, et cetera. You know, talks for the first time beat Splice last event, and you could argue whether it was a lack of practice, et cetera, what it was. But sure. ever since the settings had changed, Splice became the new team. Like it was that that was the case. Like op Optic, Tox, CLG, whatever you want to call them, they were dominant for two straight years on the same settings. And then the settings mm -hmm. changed, and all of a sudden, a team wins three events in a row. And it's like, okay, what if that happened right away after year one? What really would have happened yeah. with these competitive teams? Would they have stayed together if that was the case? Like, who knows what would have happened? And I do think, like I was saying, that with this whole clamber issue, like imagine BR starts, especially with the way they changed the spread, was the new or was the new starting weapon, and right. it would have changed the single shot weapon. It would have made cross map fighting different. It would have made people like play another more head on style because shooting cross map is difficult with the BR compared to one. Right. All you have to do is hit one shot with a pistol, and that whole clambering glitch, which has been an issue from the very start, wouldn't be a thing because. I guarantee it, like, two of my three shots might register on a guy that's clambering. And if he's clambering and has sure. to, like, whip his shots a certain way, then it's going to be really difficult for him to hit all three of those burst <laughs> shots while clambering and focusing on having to re-clamber. Yeah. So that kind of fixes yeah. that. I don't know. I just think if Halo 5 had such a long lifespan, the game should have been changed over and over and over again drastically each year. Yeah. I mean, on top of the fact that the BR is actually a slower weapon, so even readying it up and, and hitting those shots might be harder to do immediately out of a clamber, whereas with the Magnum, it's just it moves faster. Like you can shoot faster at a sprint. I'm not really sure how it affects clamber as well. But the biggest point that you brought up that I really can't argue with is the fact that from the other side of the camera, from the other player's perspective, when you're fighting against Shotzi and he's doing those clambers, it looks freaking weird. Like, it looks janky. It looks like your bullets are phasing through them. And I can't even argue that. That's the upsetting thing is that I love these mechanics, and from first-person perspective, they make sense. They look badass, and they feel satisfying to pull off. But if you're on the other side, the receiving end of that, it looks janky. It's aggravating. So I feel like with Halo 5, the biggest thing they need to get right is if they're going to have a mechanic, if they're going to have a, a clamber, a thrust, whatever, it needs to be smooth. It needs to be buttery smooth. Yes, the shots does. need to connect. We need to have, like, people will make excuses and people will get upset about things regardless. It's impossible to have a perfect game, but they really need to clean that stuff up and make it look cool from the other perspective as well. And, I mean, that'll help everybody. Like, on top of the competitive community, it'll just look better when you're you you know when you're watching that stuff happen in gameplay. You'll appreciate it more rather than be like, oh, this is a, a freaking glitch. Like, this didn't make sense, right? Yeah. So. This is why I think Halo 5 need, or Halo in general needs hot fixes. Why? Yeah. It feels like yeah. Halo is the slowest competitive title at fixing in-game issues. And, like, yeah. I I'm comparing it to, like, a Call of Duty or even, like, a Fortnite, et cetera. Like, you know, Fortnite came out with, what, the, the zombies? And they were, like, basically came out and said, we're going to force this down your throats, almost. And then it got such a negative community backlash that at TwitchCon, where they had specifically said this is happening, they said, okay, we're going to take this out because it's a bad, it's something that we can't have with the community feedback, et cetera. So they didn't do it. And, right. you know, we've had issues in Halo 5 from the very start that have taken uh, or not even been fixed at all. You know, it's just been certain issues. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like that's a very important aspect to keep people wanting to play a game. So it doesn't feel like it feels like they care just as much as we do. And that these issues are actually issues and not just, oh, you'll deal with it type of type of issues. Yeah. 
Yeah. The, the standards today have changed for sure. Like we're expecting Absolutely. games to constantly be updated on a consistent basis, right? I mean, the fact that people were upset about the idea of Halo being a live service in the future, like not only is that predictable, but I hope what that means is that there's a constant connection between the community and the developers and that they're constantly making these adjustments on the fly and fixing and improving the game at all costs. Because I mean, COD has it now, Fortnite's had it, like it's it's the standard in games. And if you don't have it, you it fall is. behind. And I mean, Halo is three years old right now. So maybe, you know, you can kind of like maybe that has something to do with it but it's 2018 and that's what we're going to compa compare it to is other 2018 titles and it, it's just not acceptable at this point so that's that's upsetting for sure uh and and i guess yeah like and the other thing is the split focus too right the fact that they made mistakes in the past with mcc and they're still trying to fix the mistakes in mcc which splits their resources that could be spent on improving yeah. and updating halo 5 so then we get we basically just get two games <laughs> that the community isn't fully satisfied with at the moment so <laughs> Like, it's just, yes, it sucks because I, I I think we all love Halo. We all want to see it thrive and we see the potential, but they got to freaking capitalize with Infinite. Like, there's just, there's so much that they can gain from this. If they hit it right, they hit their stride right. And even if they make mistakes, just fix the damn mistakes quickly and we're happy. We're good. There's, you know? So, I mean, there's a passionate anyway. community behind the, behind Halo. So, it's yeah. like these people play the game and they see these bugs. Cause I, I mean, it's hard to play test and figure out there, there's always going to be bugs. Definitely. But as long as they're, yeah talked about and responded to in an appropriate way, then it should be fixed. Like, I'm, I mean, I'm still yeah. thinking about the fact that I press the start button and it makes my character glitch on my screen. And start the button scoreboard this, needs to be removed. Like the, the yes. fact that it so, holds your inputs down, that yeah. shit too, like yeah. the scoreboard spring I can, jump. I can like, movement glitch with the scoreboard and I can make yeah. my character, if I thrust slide and press start, while I'm thrust sliding, my character will do this weird glitch <laughs> like this on the screen. Don't tell people this, way, okay? They're, they're gonna do uh, there's 13 days left of this game, and I've been talking about this glitch for like a year now. It's literally yeah. been almost a year that I've been that I've been talking about this. And the know, fix for this yeah. was to make the scoreboard a th or the start button a three second delay. So instead of I, yeah, originally, I recognize that. originally you could press start as like so like. You could do this, and it would be so fast. Gotcha. And your character would literally bug like this on the screen. It would just be this yeah. jitter. I have a clip of it. Like I have tons of clips of it in my um, DVR of just me like sending yeah. these. I remember when people would ground pound, and you would just see the person rubber band about six times. Jesus. And the fixer it was to add the three second delay. So now you can only do it once. No real fix. Right. Just a simple solution exactly. to make it so. Oh, you can. You'll still glitch, just not as much as you used to. So it's just like, how is that? Yeah. Like that was that's not even a fix. That's just like a patch that didn't fully. It's a band-aid. It's a band-aid band that's all. <laughs> it's a band-aid. That but what it says is that the, the company has so many different things that they're trying to do, so many different mistakes and things that they're trying to repair. And I mean I respect the fact that they're they're trying to work hard, but you know, like band-aids over all these problems is just gonna create yes. more problems in other areas and just dissatisfaction. It just makes so. it makes me question the ability to find the solutions. Yeah. So, like, like, there's a solution there. There's a way to fix that. There's no way there's not. But it, it, it makes it seem like, oh, so the issue was pressing start a bunch of times in a row. We'll add a three-second delay. But that yeah. still adds the one rubber band in general that doesn't actually fix anything. So, like, it, it just makes right. me question, like, there's got to be something in there that's like, oh, this is why this is happening. Let's remove that and then fix it. It just, yeah, yeah like you said, band-aid. So. Yeah, man. Yeah. And, and you had a tweet about another thing, too, about blank shots. Tony, you can throw that up as well. Uh, I'm thankful for what, it, for what H5 has offered in terms of opportunity, but man, I can't wait to never play on this netcode again. We're single shot dominant game. I get blank shots 50% of my fights. That's, uh, 
Yeah. And how, how does, what's that like? Cause I, I, I feel like there are some shots where I feel like it's a blank. It's hard to really tell at the same time too. It's just in general, especially with the movement and, and the mechanics in the game. Like you said, things looking janky. You don't really even know whether or not it's, it's real or fake. So, yeah, I, uh, I, I mean, I watch tons of streams and I watch people get blanks all the time and, you know, it happens yeah. on land. It's a, it, it just happens, you know, Halo three, there are blood shots, but that's also a projectile right, right. based game. And that's gonna. There is a lag delay there, and the lag delay is still existent on land, etc. But it is a projectile based in a hit scan based game. That where if your aimer's on someone, it should like it counts if it's red. It, it should work. Um, and you shouldn't yeah. get as often of blanks as you do. And I literally, I mean, I noticed this happens a lot. Um, have you ever have you ever gotten like a six shot perfect kill? Like yeah, in Halo yeah, 5, actually, yeah. Where, where it makes no sense. You're just like, how did I, I shot six shots? I like I missed a third yeah. shot in between there. That's because the third shot that you miss miss is a register? blank and it doesn't register on the coding. <laughs> so that shot never point, happened, actually. and it's a five yeah. shot, so it counts as a perfect. So it's just like, right? What was that a glitch in the? Like, what, what was that? Like that's the question. That 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 just doesn't make yeah. sense. And that was like I, I started figuring that out like a, probably a little over a year into the game where I was just like I'm getting a lot of these random six shot perfects. How is this a thing? And then, you know, yeah. and, and with a game with such high magnetism, where if if you shoot like with with your pistol, if it's anywhere near the guy, almost it, you get a hit marker, and but that's as why long it's so the rings easily, are touching, right? Yeah, as long yeah. as the ring is like touching the Spartan at all before there are no shields, like you'll get a hit marker. Even I'm not even sure, yeah. I'm not sure what it's like after, but I've done a lot of just in-game stand still. Let me see how far I can move my aimer off you to get a hit marker right. type of stuff. Right. And you know yeah. that's why it's easy to tell when you get blanks or not because it's like if you're on the guy enough, you should get hit markers just based off of yeah, how high the magnetism is. Yeah, yeah. I feel like everybody's experienced at least one six shot perfect before, though. So I, I hear yeah. you on that. That really does mean that like one shot just like didn't register in the game system. So yeah, yeah. But but despite that, you know, we press on. You've been you've been grinding hard. And and one thing that I noticed about this game, about having like a high skill floor, is the fact that with all these abilities, it's kind of confusing on the controller, especially like the default control scheme. The fact that like it, it just. It, it kind of plays like Call of Duty, like you aim in with left trigger, you sprint with left stick, you're crouching with like right stick, and that doesn't work. Like the more you play Halo, the more you realize Halo is very different than Call of Duty. This control scheme oh, yeah. is actually like kind of horrendous for your gameplay and that you want to be crouching with left stick, ideally, like maybe even clicking in the right stick to aim down sight and have the discipline. Just there's a bunch of different things. But what I wanted to know is how do you play the games? So this is the controller time on uh, on the episode here. Is if you can show me your controller, show me how you play and, and tell me a little bit yeah. a little bit about why. So, yeah. Here's my controller. Go. Scuff. I got I got about three more of them right next to me just in case a couple busted up here <laughs> how how long here. until one of these breaks actually are you allowed to say that <laughs> uh, I, I mean yeah knows. i mean honestly it just it's just dependent you know the bumpers have uh, been an issue before for a lot of like past teammates and stuff yeah. my issue is always the paddles just go out and i think that's a yeah um i, I talked to stuff about it and it's like my paddles will start stop responding every time i press them and then i have to press them harder and harder and that's just because they get worn out and it's just like a you know i, I use controllers for like around a year usually maybe a little less than that like eight months to a year most most of the time so. i don't know if this will help you but I, I took a little piece of felt and i put it between the paddles and the oh the base of the controller and i'm trying to preserve the light because what's happening is you're, you're tearing away at the plastic buttons over time yeah. and then it creates a larger divot and then the button just stops responding 
at huh. some point you got to press it really hard so i just try yeah. i try to preserve the life the best i can it's still going to break inevitably but it, it gets me maybe like an extra two months or something you know hey there you um, go hey, little fixes in there <laughs> but um yeah so i mean i play i i play boxer i think i'm like the last boxer player in the game and uh right. basically my back yeah, right paddle definitely. here i don't use all four I, these are just here just to, i don't even know why they yeah. get support or something but um this one is sprint this one is jump and then hmm. uh my I did that specifically because those are obviously two mechanics you use a lot, and it right. prevents me from ever taking my thumb off my right joystick because you obviously always want to have your thumb on your aimer. Yep. You don't ever want to have to remove it just to jump or anything. Um, and that prevented me from having to switch to bumper jumper and all these other settings that a lot of people used. And then basically all four of my like shoot shooting is right trigger, meleeing is left trigger, grenade is right bumper, and thrust is left bumper. So basically like all my utility okay. stuff that I right. need to use in game or up top. Um and so it's pretty easy. It's probably you know. broken though because of uh it's probably your jump paddle that's broken. I can only imagine that's the one that, that breaks. Yeah. Usually. Well, uh, they both pretty much break around the same time because when I sprint, okay. I press that button like six times. I'm just pressing <laughs> oh, yeah. it over and over and over. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but do you, uh, yeah, do you claw off the rest? What about a... No, I, um, my X is reload and Y is switch weapons, so I don't even really like... I, I'll just take my thumb off my joystick for that because if I'm doing that, then I don't, I'm not shooting anyway. Right, but I guess the only scenario why the Y button is useful to have, like as a paddler for the claws, so that you can Y Y like do all the, the shotsy crap and frosty. It's like the the, the, the fast grenade and all that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So well, I guess those yeah, are, those are paddles. I don't use it much, but yeah, that's one thing I don't yeah. implement in my gameplay enough. Honestly, is the picking up a second weapon and Y Ying for grenades. Yeah. Do you uh do you find like does your thumb sit in like a specific place on that right stick like you try to keep like maintain a similar form throughout or does that change like do you ever think about that like do you use more towards the tip of the thumb yeah right yeah almost. that's pretty close to the tip of your thumb right there yeah most of, and, and then that's I press I down pretty hard yeah because it, it makes me wonder because I see a lot of pro players using like they're pretty close to the tip of their thumb and I feel like that gives you really quick accurate flicks like really fast aggressive accurate yeah. flicks but at the same time you have to have a lot of spaces between those shots you have to be very careful like having like letting that stick return to neutral and then making that quick flick again as opposed to somebody mm -hmm. who's got closer to the center of the thumb would be different to be more of like a sweeping motion or something I, I don't know I'm trying to figure yeah. out like the actual mechanics behind I'm curious how frosty holds his controller because like Frosty yeah. and Nicklin, because those are two players that specifically whip a lot of shots. And, you know, mm. um, I am more like a Royal 2 type of shot where my aimer just kind of sits there and moves very slowly until I need to whip a shot. I don't, like, Frosty shots, I mean, he'll be like this and, like, hit all he, the shit. Yeah, and then his last shot will whip back up. For the, yeah. And he does that, yeah. especially no scoping. He whips his no scopes a lot. And I more so line up my no scopes and all that. Um, yeah. So I'd be yeah. curious to see, like, the different type of thumb positioning and kind of how that looks. I feel like Frosty plays on some sort of like a left hand thing or something. Like he's got either triggers or, or bumpers or sticks or swapped. Something swapped. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I, I Shotzi I'd have to is, that out. Shotzi is for Shotzi, sure. It's, Shotzi is for sure. Yeah, Shotzi is for sure. Yeah. He plays on some the weirdest settings I've ever ever heard. Yeah. Like South Pole. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. It's like, it's weird stuff. 
Yeah, it's actually his actually sounds kind of optimal. If you can master it, because he's pulling left trigger to shoot, meaning that his aim, he's not sacrificing like anything on that right thumb, basically. Like he could he get it's the all full reversed. potential of his right thumb, basically. Because if you're applying pressure through your right index while you're trying to make those flicks, it's a little bit harder to be precise. But with Shotzi, he doesn't have to crumble because he's hitting that that left finger for the trigger yeah. and the right thumb has no other extra, you know, stress on it or whatever. I, I don't know. I, I think that it's it's interesting because we continue to like upgrade these controllers and pay players figure out like their own kind of way to hold it. But I feel like I'm wondering if there's some you know optimal type way of doing things that if people learn that from the beginning, then they can you know really master the game in the future. But it's nice really to see your scheme. Yeah. yeah, getting comfortable, understanding how the game works, and and just finding one thing and sticking to it. But yeah, boxer is something that I don't think anybody else really plays. So it's really cool that you you're rocking that. Um, so. So, and what's also been happening with Halo is we said it was the end end of Halo, and a lot of people are speculating that uh, Halo 3 is coming back around again. So I was wondering also, are you excited by the idea of maybe competing in Halo 3, following Halo 5? What are exactly are your prospects, I guess, like between Infinite and the end of Halo 5? Yeah, I mean, they talked a lot about some possible grassroots stuff, which I'm not even really sure what that means. I don't know if that's like the Microsoft Store stuff. Um, I'm not really expecting anything too crazy in terms of like tournaments, prize money, that, that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited. I competed in some, um, if you guys remember the Jaywalk tournaments back in, uh, I think like Halo 4-ish times, there was some oh, of nice. these online Halo 3 tournaments hosted and they were, they were a lot of fun, you know? I mean, it definitely is enjoyable to go back to a game I, you know, first started competing in and, you know, dominated. again. To, yeah, yeah, I love, I mean, I really enjoyed Halo 3. So it's fun to go back and, you know, get some nostalgia there. But, um, you know, I'm just hoping that, there's some stuff that can still build hype up until infinite. And, you know, I, I'm yeah. definitely going to be interested to hear what kind of information they have in store, but I don't necessarily know how much I'm going to put into that. Um, I might kind of focus on some outside things moving forward, just kind of figure out, you know, Ooh. what kind of the next step is for myself in a way. Um, but, yeah. you know, always going to be waiting and listening on information. Cause you know, obviously I, enjoy and love competing uh, in every way so uh, but you know i'll still be streaming as much as i can but definitely gonna be working on some outside stuff regardless yeah yeah i think we're all kind of like uh i don't know what the phrase is for this but we're all kind of like dangling off the edge of a cliff here just waiting for whatever the announcement is like at atlanta they said they're they're going to talk about some new stuff as far as grassroots goes potential future events whatever it is but nothing really big as far as this last one goes um, so yeah, you're right. It's interesting. I'm sure a lot of people are doing some, some contemplating on what exactly they're going to do in between, you know, now and infinite. And I hope that if infinite, you know, is successful on launch, that it's one of those games that brings back some of our, some of our favorite pro players that kind of dropped out of Halo 5, like for example, Roy and Lunchbox, who like, yeah, they said they retired, but these guys aren't that old. They're like what, 27, 28. <laughs> I feel like they're still, yeah, they're I feel like they still got it. Yeah. You're 27. I'm, I'm 26, man. I don't know. I just, I feel like all of us still got the drive, the passion, you know, coming back into to Infinite. I would love to see Roy and Lunch come back. Um, I know Ogre 2 is still finding ways to, to keep kicking. He's still a legend at the game, but it would be nice to see, you know, what he could do jumping into Infinite as well. I just want to see, you know, my favorite old pros coming back and playing playing a Halo game and everybody agreeing and, and you know, that it's an awesome game and having a good time. But um, yeah. speaking about I, Halo I, Infinite, sorry, continue. No, I mean, I, I was just going to say, I feel like Halo's lost a lot of the people that got a lot of people into the competitive Halo side, you know, I really yeah. don't feel like there's that many left in terms of um, 
old pro players that kind of they latch onto the names. You know, Roy Lunchbox gone, Ogre Two's gone. I really feel like, you know, Pistola and myself are two of the last remaining yeah. um, OG players. You know, Stinkbite's been around for a long time, but and then you got like yeah. Lethal, etc. But you know, everyone else, I mean, on these top teams, um, really is pretty recently new, and it was during a time when Halo wasn't as popular. So it's kind of people have moved on to other games and never really like latched onto these. Uh, professionals names and you know we don't as a community really do enough content to create yeah a fan base in a brand for specific individuals and you know teams etc we have orgs that have been in and out of halo um it's not like you know call of duty does a great job there's a lot of players in that scene that have yeah. big youtube channels big followings you know phase optic all these giant organizations that really push for that kind of stuff and i think that has hindered the growth of the esport in general as a whole you know, yeah, I, yeah. no, it, that's really upsetting too. You're right. Is that I want to see all these OG pros. They were the biggest personalities, but in the end of the day, that is what what sells the popularity of these games is the personalities that are playing it. Right? It's that the mangoes of Smash Bros. and and you know the the nade shot of of Call of Duty. But um, the thing is, that doesn't mean that these young players don't have the opportunity to build up their personalities as well. But none of them are really doing it, which is unfortunate. I'm not really 100% sure why that is. Like, I know that that Halo 5 has had mixed reception, whatever it is. But, like, somebody like Shotzi, who is is at the top of his game, he's, he's running this game right now. He's playing amazing. Or Frosty, like, they'll upload. Frosty uploads the occasional YouTube video. But these guys don't really, they don't like to be in interviews. They don't really kind of come forward and try yeah. to, I mean, apart from grinding the stream grind, which I respect, um, they're they're not really big about you know personality and showcasing themselves on camera and, and you know interacting and, and being an icon, being a brand amongst the Halo community. And that's that's the upsetting thing. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like I mean, I'll, I'll throw. I don't even care if I throw shots. Um, I get. I was told that you know people hate playing against me because I'm passionate and I scream just like Spartan. People give him a hard time because he's passionate and gets behind the game and he, you know he does something sick. He's yelling about it and at tournaments, etc. Yeah. And that's fun to watch. Like yeah. seeing someone. Like when I win, I freak out. You know, I, I do. Like it just, yeah. I put all this work into it and it's like it all paid off, et cetera. You know, I push a chair, whatever it is, I jump around a little bit. Um, and I yeah. think people love seeing that passion. And, you know, I get told by players on Splice and Talks how much they hate playing against me and blah, 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 and all this stuff. And it's just like, I, it's like you guys suck at winning. You guys suck at watching outside of the game. I, you got dude, you're, you're fun to watch like, in game. You're game awards, but you guys suck to watch. Yeah. And it's it's yeah, just like Splice, you are the yeah. worst winners. I don't care how it is. It's like you win you win a tournament. You sit there and look like your dog just died. It's like unbelievable know, to me. Dude. It it, yeah, bo it bothers me to like a new level, and that that's another reason why it's just like I want to win so effing bad because I hate seeing other people win and have that type of reaction because it's like i care more than you and you're beating me so yeah yeah freaking preach man oh my god like when splice like it's nice their gameplay speaks volumes but when they stand on that stage and all they do is just press a freaking easy button and say nothing just like straight face like it's just another day on the job it's like come on man like how do i passionately connect with anybody on this roster and actually give a crap like i want people who are happy to win the tournament people who are, are you know happy to like give an interview and be like yo we fucking work for this we're gonna we're gonna make it happen you know like i, I don't know i just think that there's so much potential that could be had there and one of the 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 really upsetting things and the reason why, you know, Halo 5 doesn't, like, there aren't people that really grab onto these teams and are, are passionate fans of the teams is because the teams don't really do much to, to you know, ignite that passion. They just accept the award and, and walk off and don't really exchange mm -hmm. any words. They just keep a straight face. 
So you're totally right. Like that's a huge element of personality. Somebody like Musa, who is pretty brand new to the scene, I've never seen a game face like as like he's got the crazy, like the most awesome game face when he's popping off. And Musa is a standout because of that. On Trifecta, he was yeah. a standout on the roster, not just because of gameplay, but the guy has the personality. He gets into it. He gets going. So like Halo needs that. And then that's how you build fans. That's how you build community. But Splice isn't going to pick up a massive fan base if the, the members of Splice aren't doing anything to encourage that. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So literally preach all day. <laughs> uh, you're so right. And that's why I want to see teams like reciprocity grab that, that throne as well. Cause I know you guys can carry it. I know you guys have the charisma. You, you, you know, you, you work for it and you, when you earn it, it's, it's satisfying for everybody, you know? Absolutely. It um, is. <clears throat> yeah. So moving on towards Halo Infinite as well, just a couple other questions. Cause one of the biggest things I wanted to talk about even on this interview is I saw a couple of your tweets about the potential of Halo Battle Royale. And I'd love to talk about that just a little bit. Uh, Tony, let's throw up that, that Battle Royale tweet real quick. So Snipedown says, uh, Halo needs a Battle Royale type game mode. It probably has the best lore to go along with it. I know chasing trends is something that has been public sta publicly stated Halo is against, but VR is a model, not something like Sprint or Clamber. So tell me a little bit about this. What do you think of the idea of BR Battle Royale in in the future of Halo Infinite and why? Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I just feel like the lore is there. There's so many things and it doesn't have to follow a storyline exactly, which is why I feel like Halo in general doesn't need to follow a specific storyline. The campaign needs to follow a storyline, but the multiplayer and all that doesn't have to follow specifically to this agenda. And I yeah. feel like that is like another reason why these all these abilities keep getting more and more and more. It's because, oh, the Spartans are just going to keep getting more advanced and advanced and advanced. But it's just like, okay, the multiplayer doesn't have to follow the campaign. The campaign can have all this stuff and add all this cool extra stuff. But um, I think there's tons of lore. You know, we go all the way back to, you know, uh, ODSTs to Halo 1. And you can have so many different armors. Like, look at all the wrecks in Halo 5. Like, these are tons of different armor yeah. sets, you know. And then you could have easy cosmetics. You could have, you know... Linda, Buck, and just like all these different cosmetics that you can add, you know, helmets, they can add yeah. all the stuff they have in these wrecks to the game. Um, if they want to yeah. do microtransactions again or something like that, make it be in a battle royale section like that instead of in-game pay to win on a Warzone style. Um, I think that that is yeah. where a lot of the slack comes from because people hate pay to win games because a lot of people, yeah. I mean, it's just an unfair advantage for some people. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I completely agree. I mean, yeah, I understand like the whole microtransactions and I'm thankful for how much they added to the prize pools, et cetera, from all that stuff. But uh, right, I just right. think there's yeah. so much background stuff that they could do. You know, they could make it so, so uh, the the gas that's in all these other games is the halo ring collapsing and you have to get to the final like spot and the last man standing gets away on like a drop pod or, so, or, or gets away on some crazy pod nice. that allows them to get out of there and send them, sends them to like another ring or something. I don't know. And that could be like them leveling <laughs> up or being if it's like an elo system that could be them gaining into the next segment i don't know there's just so many options and so many different yeah. weapons now that they've added that it could be really cool i think a lot of people have like they, they tweeted at me and had issues with you know oh sniping would be too easy etc cetera, etc cetera. but i mean you know maybe it won't be they, 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 battle royale. They, they need to yeah they need to like and then people are like I said something about snipers having a drop-off, and I'm like, okay, I don't mean the bullet goes like this, but think of it like a Halo 1 sniper, where the further across on the map they are, the more you have to lead, and the more you have to lead, and it's just like, that's exactly what it would have yeah. to be, just like in all these other games that you see people freak out about, like, snipe headshots, you know? Like, Halo 1 yeah. was probably the hardest game to snipe in, and the clips that you yeah. see, like, even, like, Ogre 2 getting when he still streams that game, it's like, it wow, easy. those take skill. <laughs> yeah, it makes it look easy. Yeah. But they are skillful shots that people 
will recognize at that high level. And I just think there's so much potential there. They see the market that's bright there behind it. You know, um, I, I just yeah. I just feel like it's it's hard not to chase something that has seen so much success and is not slowing down in any way. Yeah, I, I agree. And I remember you even said something about them dropping out of a Pelican. And like, I know like you've got like the party bus in Fortnite and, and like an airplane yeah. or whatever in PUBG, but like dropping out of a Pelican is so sick. Like you're, you're so right. There's so much lore in this game that they can play with, so much that they can use for customize, customization. Like those are the types of microtransactions that people would love to see is like just yes. the almost infinite amount of stuff that they've got from their entire franchise that they could put together as as awesome armor and, and customization. Just the, the thing that upsets me is like, I, I understand if people at first glance are like, like, okay, Battle Royale, you know, doesn't belong in Halo. This isn't authentic Halo, whatever it is. They're, they're afraid of it. I, and I, I get that, that, you know, you might have that that feeling coming into it. But what upsets me is that 343 went out of their way to shoot themselves in the foot by saying that we're not going to have Battle Royale in this game. Like, yeah. I, maybe Only it was VR a way will of have to Battle Royale. Like, oh, no. I know it's like, like maybe that's a way of trying to comfort your hardcore fans who are afraid of the possibility of BR being in the game and taking away focus from other important elements. Like that's important too. Like as long as the rest of the game is is solid and what we expect, then BR should be something on top of that. But um, but don't shoot yourself in the foot and say that it's not even a possibility because look at the success yeah. of Battle Royale, dude. It works in Call of Duty. It works in Battlefield. It works in Fortnite. It will work in Halo. It could be great. And there's another just, aspect um, of it that I think is. Yeah, and it, there's no, this other aspect yeah, no, that's... Say, <laughs> hey, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I mean, I, I think, I, I don't know if this, you're, you're going the same ways, but just like the streaming potential and the hype behind all that. Yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know, you know, you got Ninja who already has shown devotion to Halo and has um, verbally talked about his dissatisfaction with, you know, some of the ways that the game has gone. And, you know, that brings him to have an interest in it. And you see the following he's got, you got Shroud who played PUBG all the time. He's a massive streamer. And now you got Scump, who in the last 2K just had like 65,000 viewers, is getting insane support yeah. on the competitive yeah. side to not only – to also have streamers like Shroud and Ninja playing Blackout on a casual yeah. side. So it's like you have the best of both worlds in a game like Call of Duty that is now being revitalized in multiple different ways just because of these new additions to the game and going back to their old – boots on the ground style of gameplay and it's like they they listened to not only their own feedback from their game but saw other games either successes and failures and built off of those and it's just like yeah that's why we're seeing such a hype behind that game right now and i think it's going to continue yeah yeah, and that's the thing is it's like it's not even just streamers. Like having the biggest streamers play is so huge and that'll make the game instantly popular. But it's the fact that it opens up the entire market of PC gamers, honestly, without cannibalizing the console market. That's the beauty of Call of Duty is that Blackout is the PC gamer paradise. All the hardcore PC guys, they play Blackout. Shroud plays Blackout, Ninja's playing Blackout, whatever. But then competitive is on console. It's on PlayStation. So if you're a competitive guy, you want to play 5v5, you sit, you stay on console and you do not have to worry about a PC gamer coming in and just completely 360 no-scope messing oh, yeah. you up, whatever it is. So that's the beauty of it, too, is there are a lot of Halo players who from forever have been playing on a gamepad, and I know I'm worried about this, too. I'm worried about the future of having to go to mouse and keyboard and that being the competitive standard and knowing that I'm lacking in that area and that it's going to be harder for me to keep up because I have to teach myself mouse and keyboard. I'm not sure if you're a huge mouse and keyboard guy as, as well, but, but just knowing that if they have a Battle Royale mode, that's where the hardcore PC guys get to go, then I can still focus on the console, focus on the gamepad, and have that be the main competitive thing. And Xbox still sells. And like I, I just think there's so much win to this, you know? There is. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So, so man, like just three, four, three, like I, I appreciate the fact that you're, you know, people are upset by the, the possibility of battle Royale, but that doesn't mean you have to just go be like, you know, shoot yourself and say, it's not going to be in the future, in the game in the future. Cause, cause now what's going to happen? Like, are you going to like try to throw it in and go back on your word anyway, or are you can do something else? Like, I, I don't know. Warzone I just, like, again. Is, like what, what are we going to have here? Uh, there's there's I, always I something know. extra. It's not just going to be the campaign and the multiplayer because it's just, Right. not enough anymore like it, it's like all right this is it and then people get bored of that it's like it needs multiple different options to satisfy multiple different people yeah yeah it's it's a big undertaking so so you know give yourself a blank slate and give yourself all the opportunities to make the best game don't don't ax out things that might actually end up being pretty good in the future but anyway so it, nice that we could just talk about that a little bit because i'm sure there are other people who agree <laughs> yeah. that there's there's some good potential here um, and, and honestly, that closes out pretty much everything in the interview. There's one other thing I wanted to talk about. This is my little cap of pride moment here. And it's fucking, it's going to be hella cheesy, but man, Sipe Dad, you know, you've always been a good looking dude, but recently, man, you've joined Instagram or something. Something has changed. You're looking suave. Can you, Tony, show the picture? Look at this man, <laughs> Look at the, the new Halo hottie. Yo, what's, what's going on here? Did you change your hairstyle? You using a new hair product? Like what, what's going on with, with the new look? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, I started talking around and, you know, um, I, uh, apparently the girls like longer hair and I, we used to oh, cut yeah. my hair too short. I don't know, apparently on me specifically. So, um, that became a mode of concern. So I was like, okay, I'll just grow my hair out again. We'll go back to 08 style and just kind of actually start putting some product in it and just kind of maintenance, a little more maintenance on, a on myself than, you know, just sweatpants and gaming t-shirts seven days yeah. of the week so <laughs> kind of kind of just you know just got to take care of yourself and uh, it's always good to to make sure you, you know you're you're the most important person you got to take care of yourself so kind of the gym in a little bit and just kind of making sure i'm healthy eating better etc that's awesome did you, you want to let the uh, the halo fans in the chat know what kind of hair products you're using with how the routine works they can they can make sure to apply that <laughs> I'm sorry. Man. I'm, I'm not even sure. Slide. I'm not even sure what the product is that I have. I, I can go grab it. It's right, right around the corner. But um, yeah, do it. Let's see it if you want. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Screw it. That's right, guys. This is no longer a Halo show. This is uh, look at this is the thing about about being a gaming personality is it's not just about being good at the game. You got to you got to look the part too. You got to be a brand, and you got to every every single thing. You're a walking product, okay? So snipe down. Snipe down is going to show us what's up. <clears throat> what what is that union looks fancy let's see it's called it's like a wax 1950s classic <laughs> men's grooming let's see it just kind of like a yeah it's pretty much like a wax almost nice and you, you slick but it back and hit pretty up much I, I, you know i i started i started going to a better barber and then i was like all right what, what do i gotta do here you know he told me he told me specifically he's like don't shampoo your hair every single day because i was doing that for like years i guess apparently that's just not good you're supposed to kind of let yep. it naturally get oil, a little oily sometimes and then uh so i just started conditioning constantly and he told me to start from the back <laughs> and then kind of go around and then you know when it gets the oh, start, technique start from the back and then go and go to here and then go to the front and just kind of go back with it yeah. so you know that, that was I, I trusted him and you know i guess it's been it's been working out for me <laughs> 
right. Yeah, man, honestly, I think it's I think it's been working out. And that's the thing, man. At the end of the day, like we're not always gonna be able to be gamers. Like it, you, the shelf life isn't the longest as far as you know the being in your competitive prime. And at some point in the future, you gotta build that that whole snipe down <laughs> brand. So, you know. You're doing a good job, man. I'm sure there's going to be bigger and better things as we continue to move onward into Halo Infinite. I'm excited to, to have you on this show. I'm excited to see where things are going with Atlanta. I hope you kill it at Atlanta. I'll be happy to see you there as well. I might be making my way All over right. too. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but man, honestly, thank you so much for joining me. Sorry about the, you know, we had the two separate chunks for this, but uh, I had an awesome time talking to you, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. Thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, I uh, will look forward to seeing you in Atlanta and safe travels. Thanks, man. Sounds good. All right. See yes. You Thank you very much. Yep. Bye. You guys enjoyed. I know it was pre-recorded, but hopefully, hopefully you guys had a good time watching it. If at some point in the future I talk to Snipe Down again, I'll make sure to get the chat questions in there as well. We can extend that conversation. And I hope you liked my little cap of pride moment. Want to make sure Snipe Down knows he's, you know, he's also a handsome dude. He's not just a good player, but so much fun talking to Snipe Down. Some real strides we're making with HCS Weekly. Hopefully we can talk to big and just not necessarily bigger, but just some amazing pros on this show to keep that, that, that you know energy going we got so much planned of course hcs atlanta is coming up i know it's the end of the line but it's going to be a huge event it's going to be so exciting and i'm so happy to be a part of it so excited to be there and also you might have noticed i've got i've got a sweater on that uh that says hcs weekly on it pretty sick right pretty sick this is our swag guys our hcs weekly merch not only do we have a hoodie we got jackets we got t-shirts there's a whole selection of options up on screen in front of you and just so you know every single item that you buy not only supports the show it supports me as well so you can help out shyway i would greatly appreciate that guys but once again thank you so much for joining me on the show this vod's going to go up on youtube so you can watch it back on youtube again hopefully at some point we'll have strictly audio version so you can listen to it at the gym on the go that would be preferred especially i know that's how i like to listen to my stuff as well but anyway we'll close it off there let's give snipe down that fat host we'll we'll move it over to his channel i know he's streaming he's got some scrims coming up thanks guys have a good night